Hi, I'm Luminous Star. Welcome to my channel, Luminous Star. All of you who are current subscribers, you already know what's coming. Mwah. Thank you so much for your subscription. Thank you for motivating me and keeping me inspired to keep this channel active. All of my stars, special shout out to you who are telling the stories. Thank you for telling your stories. You inspire me. You inspire the world. You never know who's going to resonate with your story. So keep sharing your stories. Not only are you thriving forward, I'm thriving forward. We're thriving forward together. I just want to take a little time out and thank my stars especially. Our channel is growing. Our community is growing. So as the star family increases and we share our stories, we are not only thriving forward together, but we inspire other people to thrive forward as well. You never know who's going to resonate with your story. So again, special shout out to all of my stars who are sharing their story. Everyone who's watching for the first time, welcome to Luminous Star and join the star family by hitting that subscription button below. Today's video is the female narcissist sexual weaponry is lethal. So I'm going to be going over a few points, some tools, mind the description box below for that disclaimer and also for references and resources to today's video. And of course, share and like this video. I'm Luminous Star. Let's get on with the video. Hi, I'm Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. The female narcissist sexual weaponry is lethal. Daughters 
who are having sex with a partner or a lover who has sexually molested her daughter. When that mom is having sex with her partner, she is gathering information about the partner. She's a receiver. She's a female. The mom is. So is the daughter. But this is what I'm really getting at. This is one of the reasons why mothers and daughters often are trauma bonded when there is the uh, issue of the daughter being sexually molested by the sexual partners of her mother. Because the mother, when she is having sex with her lovers, it could be a husband, it could be someone on the side, whoever the mom is choosing to have sex with, when she is having sex with those partners who some of them or all of them or one of them has also violated sexually her daughter, this is also how the trauma bonding can stay intact. Also, this is how triangulation stays active and intact. Because when you have sex with people, when we all have sex, we are the energy transference is taking place. The sexual energy transference is taking place. So when mom is having sex with someone that has also violated sexually her daughter, this is how that low energy vibration remains intact. This is also why some daughters are experiencing certain emotions that are very intense, such as anger towards the mom. The mom is having sex with people or a person who has sexually violated the daughter. So when the mom is having sex with these individuals, she is also gathering information about the people of whom she's having sex. Why? She's a female. She's a receiver. She can read their DNA. She can read that person's essence. So the predators that the mom chooses to have sex with, she has knowledge. Maybe not consciously, but the mother has knowledge of how or who this person is of whom she's having sex with. In other words, she knows intuitively that this is a predator that she's having sex with. She's reading the person. She receives the person, so she really does know the person. Just like the Bible says, you come to know the person that you have sex with. First point, many female narcissists are predatory in nature and tend to be somatic or vain beyond the average female. Seduction is the name of her game, and it is usually played out masterfully by covert means. The female narcissist does have a predatory nature. However, she also tends to be very vain. Or, since we're talking about a narcissist here, and a close personality, she tends to be somatic. Somatic narcissists are very obsessed with their looks, so they tend to be above average vain. So this is why the female narcissist is usually vain beyond the average female. Or she tends to be somatic or somatic narcissist, one who is obsessed with her physical looks. Let's move forward. Not only is the female narcissist a master at seduction, she is quite the chameleon, demonstrating the ability to switch up 
and adapt to various situations in order to obtain sources of supply from several targeted prey at once. Her false self-image is well hidden behind many types of masks that rarely slip off. Therefore, she is not easily detected. This is also why a lot of female narcissists are covert narcissists. Not all, but a lot of them are. So she is not easily detected. The female narcissist is not easily found out because her mask rarely slip off. So she tends to be more of a covert narcissist as well as a somatic narcissist. And she does know how to switch up and adapt to various situations in order to gather sources of supply from several targeted prey all at once. The female narcissist is a master at this. Let's move forward. If the female narcissist is met by her male match or counterpart, she will size him up and quickly assess the circumstances, seeking to find the most effective way to use him for source supply before making a quick and clean break. A lot of female narcissists are very good with seduction. However, if she meets her match or her male counterpart, well, she does assess the circumstances. In other words, she's quickly sizing him up to figure out how she's going to get everything she can from him before making a clean break. She knows intuitively that this is her match. The male narcissist, the male cluster B personality, no matter if he's covert or overt, it doesn't matter if he's a malignant narcissist. If he is a narcissist, nonetheless, the female narcissist or cluster B personality will know this intuitively. So she knows she's met her match or her male counterpart. She will figure out how she can obtain source supply from him by any means necessary. And she will have a plan on how to have a clean break. If she's going to make the clean break. Let's move forward. Romance will be the furthest thing from her mind. She may become jealous, mainly due to not being able to tame him as well as she is accustomed to with the others. She will not risk being put down or ensnared by her male counterpart or match. Therefore, these two tend to repel due to being diametric or extreme opposites who share a strange yet intense attraction for one another, which means the sexual tension tends to be present when they are around one another or each other. Well, when the female narcissist meets her match, sometimes there is romance in the air, but of course not sincere romance. The female narcissist, if she chooses to become involved romantically with the male counterpart, She's usually up to something else, okay? Of course, she's up to obtaining source supply. Her main objective is to get source supply, to maintain her false self-image. This male narcissist may have a lot of money. This male narcissist may be rubbing elbows with influential people that she wants to get next to. See, it all depends on what she's after. So she may become romantically involved. She may become sexually involved 
with this male narcissist. It all depends, again, what she's really after. She will not risk being put down or ensnared by this male counterpart or match. Intuitively, again, she knows that the male narcissist is her match. She knows to a certain extent what he's capable of because she is capable of the same thing. The sexual tension between these two usually is very intense. Okay? But again, they are extreme opposites. Some female narcissists conclude that it is better to conspire with her male counterpart or match in order to obtain a large source supply that they may be competing for. She will set up the scenario to ensure that she is at the advantage of obtaining possibly a lifelong source supply from a particular targeted prey. The female narcissist's methods for obtaining source supply usually is more covert or hidden, unlike her male counterpart or the male narcissist. She will set up a scenario making sure that she is more favored. She wants to make sure that she has a little bit more of the supply than her male counterpart, or at least that the outcome is more in her favor, if anything. So she may conspire with her male counterpart or the male narcissist, but she's going to set up the scenario to make sure that she gets a bigger piece of the pie. Okay, she's going to do that. If she's a true female narcissist or cluster B personality, this is exactly what she's going to do. So when she conspires with the male counterpart or the male narcissist, once again, she's going to make sure she gets a larger piece of the pie. The female narcissist will also make sure that she supplies her male counterpart enough, whereas he won't mind that she gets a bigger piece of the pie. Either way you look at it, the female narcissist is going to make sure that she's the one that's coming out on top, so to speak, when it comes to conspiring with the male narcissist. Because they both may be trying to get source supply from the same targeted prey. This does happen. We may not hear about this so much, but this does happen. You get two narcissists that may be focused on one particular targeted prey. A female narcissist will conspire with a male narcissist if they are both looking to get source supply from one particular targeted prey. Example. A female narcissist may be married to a male narcissist. They may choose one child in the dysfunctional family to use as a scapegoat. The female narcissist and the male narcissist in the dysfunctional family tend to feed off of the same scapegoated child. This is usually the case. Usually we don't like to talk about this, but it happens. There have been some who have spoken about their own personal experiences of being in a dysfunctional family, whereas both parents were narcissists and they were the scapegoated child. This is why I just mentioned, and I use that as an example. If you have a female narcissist married to a male narcissist and they have children, they tend to choose one child to scapegoat. Both the male and female narcissists who are parents in a dysfunctional family, they tend to pinpoint that scapegoated child for source supply. 
all of the children, for that matter, are being used for source supply. But I pointed out the scapegoated child because the scapegoated child is usually the target. That prey. is the child that both parents who are narcissists tends to focus on more than the other children for source supply. This is why I use that example. For if a female narcissist conspires with a male narcissist and they both are looking to obtain supply, usually lifelong supply, from a particular targeted prey. Let's move forward. If sex is the weapon of choice, the female narcissist will make no hesitation to carry out her intent to obtain source supply at the expense of the targeted prey, whomever he or she may be. Sex is not a means of celebrating a union with others. Rather, to the female narcissist, sex is used to control and dominate others into submission by covert means in order to obtain source supply. So even though the female narcissist usually has covert means to obtain the source supply, she will use sex to obtain the source supply. This is also how she uses triangulation via sex. Example, if there's a child in the dysfunctional family who is being sexually molested and both parents are narcissists, the parents will come together to conspire with one another again to obtain source supply from the targeted prey who is the scapegoated child. When sexual intercourse happens, energy transference happens. This is how triangulation and trauma bonding can happen. Emotion is energy in motion. We are all comprised of energy. So whenever we interact physically, sexually, verbally with each other, energy transference naturally takes place. So you have the female narcissist and the male narcissist heading a dysfunctional family household. And some of those children or one of those children or all of those children are being sexually molested. This is how triangulation and trauma bonding remain intact. Because of energy transference. So now we can see how trauma bonding and triangulation remain intact and ongoing. Via energy transference, via sexual intercourse between male and female narcissists who are parents heading a dysfunctional family household. Let's move forward. Many have found through trial and error that it is not a good idea to underestimate the intuitiveness and psychic ability of the female narcissist and how she uses these abilities to obtain source supply, leaving others devastated in her wake. No one has a trick bag full of abracadabras like the female narcissist. The female narcissist definitely has a big trick bag full of abracadabras. And she will work them to her advantage. The female narcissist usually is very intuitive. Sometimes she seems to have a psychic ability. And some of them do have a psychic ability. The female narcissist will use everything she has in order to obtain source supply. Whether that's her sexual proudness, her feminine wiles, to her intuitiveness, to her possibly psychic ability. 
What this means is that no one who is around the female narcissist is safe. She can ruin a lot of people's lives. She can devastate a lot of people. That means children, whether they are hers or anyone else's, spouses, exes, lovers, sexual partners, co-workers, friends, business partners, those that she may associate with, family members, it doesn't matter. The female narcissist will use whomever or whatever necessary to obtain source supply. So absolutely no one is really safe around the female narcissist. Unfortunately, many have found through trial and error that the female narcissist is not to be underestimated. Let's move forward. During the sex act, the female narcissist has the ability, like all females, to read her partner. This reading is due to energy transference, which naturally takes place during sexual intercourse. Her predatory senses are heightened, and her ability to read all her sexual partners are taken to another level, which can and often is used to triangulate them to her in a twisted way. Just like I mentioned before, the female narcissist will use her sexual proudness to triangulate others. That includes children. Let's not make any mistake about that. Her predatory senses are heightened during the sex act because this is energy transference taking place. This is a natural thing that takes place, by the way. We can't help it because we're all comprised of energy. So whenever we are engaging in sex with anyone, the energy transference will naturally take place. So the female narcissist, she does have the ability to read her partner. Every female has that ability. So when she is having sex with her partner, the female narcissist is obtaining information about her partner. She can read their DNA. She can carry their DNA because she can become pregnant. So when a female narcissist is reading her sexual partners, she is gathering information. That person doesn't have to verbally tell her certain things about themselves. The sexual partner can be read from the female narcissist without them saying one word. A female is a receiver. Therefore, she can carry the DNA of a male sexual partner. When the female narcissist does this, she's thinking of all kinds of ways that she can obtain source supply. If she is impregnated by any of her sexual partners, Again, she usually will see that child as another lifelong source supply. The female narcissist is very masterful and cunning in the ways that she thinks of obtaining source supply via covert measures. Meaning she's very clever. She knows how to obtain source supply in a quiet manner. Yet, it is very devastating to those who are on the receiving end. The female narcissist 
has a predatory nature. Unfortunately, she is not easily detected because her means of attaining source supply is usually covert. First tool, take steps to face the reality that the female narcissist is a person who has detached from that aspect of herself which would enable her to feel empathy and love for others. She has vowed not to love. Therefore, she does not naturally feel and or express higher vibrational emotions like most women. The emotions that the female narcissist tends to feel is anger and jealousy. I pointed out those two emotions because a lot of female narcissists tend to be very jealous. Very jealous. Okay? And they tend to be very angry, becoming easily annoyed and irritated. The female narcissist has vowed not to love. So the higher vibrational frequency is love, but she tends not to feel or express that, not in a genuine manner. The female narcissist lacks empathy. However, she can feel and express sympathy. When a person expresses and feels sympathy for you, they don't have to resonate with you. When a person feels empathy and when they express empathy for you, it is because they can resonate with you. They have gone through what you have gone through. However, when a person expresses sympathy like a female narcissist can, that does not mean she's gone through what you've gone through. More than likely, she hasn't. However, she can imagine what you may be going through. Next tool, remember that your life has purpose regardless of your painful experiences with the female narcissist. Do not apologize for reclaiming your life in order to continue to thrive forward. No, there's no reason for you to apologize, especially to the female narcissist. Remember that your life does have purpose regardless of the painful experiences you've had with the female narcissist. You don't belittle your experiences and you're certainly probably not going to forget it. However, Regardless of that painful experience, your life has purpose. Do not apologize for that. Don't apologize for thriving forward and reclaiming your life. If you have been involved with a female narcissist, she has already done enough damage. You definitely don't owe her anything at this point. Doesn't matter who the female narcissist is. Increase your knowledge on female narcissists, love addiction, and addiction. Understand that for most mental health care counselors, narcissistic abuse is a fairly uncharted medical concept. If you want to go online and start looking for a therapist or counselor that specializes in narcissistic abuse, you can find it. It may take a little time for you to find it, but you'd have to be willing to do your research. You have to be willing to commit to your own healing process. So there's a lot of mental health care counselors and professionals and practitioners who are really at a loss when it comes to narcissistic abuse. So there seems to be an increase of therapists and counselors who specialize in narcissistic abuse. They, they do seem to be increasing. It's gradual, but it's better than saying there's none out there. Okay. Just got to be willing to do the research. Last tool. Accept that you will not be able to change the female narcissist. After all, 
you are most likely not the cause for her unresolved pain. Demonstrate your personal growth and the female narcissist will come to join you where you are in life if she is genuine. So this this goes for really anybody. When you demonstrate your personal growth and when you're sincere, that person will join you where you are in life. He or she will not try to change you. They will not be so threatened that they will exit or make a quick exit. If that person is genuine like you're genuine, more than likely they're going to want to invest in a relationship. So demonstrate your personal growth. Be who you are. Don't apologize for it. If the female narcissist is sincere, okay, I know that's a slim chance to none, but I'm just saying, if the female narcissist is sincere, when you demonstrate your personal growth, she will join you where you are. That's how you can tell if there's a chance that you can have a good relationship with this person or not. References and resources. You can find the references and resources in the description box below. I'm Luminous Star. I want to thank everybody for joining me today or tonight. Wherever you may be right now, I wish you the very best. Stay tuned for more videos. Hello, this is Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. All of you who are current subscribers. Mwah. Thank you guys and gals so much for your subscription. I also want to thank you for sharing your stories and inspiring and motivating others to thrive forward. Our channel is growing. Our community is growing. So I want to thank you guys and gals, my stars, so much. If this is your first time visiting Luminous Star, welcome to the Luminous Star channel. And I certainly hope you become a part of our star family by clicking the subscription button. Also, don't forget to click on the notification bell should you become a part of our star family. Welcome to Luminous Star. Today's video, your challenges are clues that a narcissist is too toxic for you. Please mind the description box below for further details. Don't forget to like and share today's video. First point. By learning to respect yourself when you receive the warning signs that narcissists are toxic for you is one way to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. Unfortunately, many who have been groomed by narcissists to provide him or her narcissistic supply will ignore those warning signs. Okay, now this is something that a lot of us have done. And that is ignore the warning signs. But it's pretty hard to notice the warning signs when you are in the middle of dealing with all of the shenanigans that the narcissist pulls. And again, unfortunately, a lot of the clues go unnoticed. But as I stated, it's pretty hard to notice when you're right in the middle of a dysfunctional relationship with the narcissist or cluster B personality. When every time you turn around, there are shenanigans that they're pulling. Okay, so it's pretty hard to miss the clues. Next point. There are several adverse effects of narcissistic abuse that continue to overshadow the lives of many. These challenges, which ranges from dysfunctional relationships, poor health, to financial issues, are clues that provide an individual the idea that narcissists bring a level of toxicity to his or her life that may be damaging, if not lethal. Okay, now some narcissists and some cluster personalities, they don't make idle threats. In other words, they make threats and they do harm. 
Sometimes this is what we call the narcissistic rage or the narcissistic injury. Usually when the narcissistic injury occurs, the narcissist or cluster personality, they express rage and their intent is to do a lot of damage. When the narcissist claims narcissistic injury, what's really happening is that his or her false self-image has been threatened and or challenged, okay? So they're pretty much their ego is bruised. So what do they do? Their intent is to cause injury, damage, or harm to other people. So they're expressing rage with the intent to injure others. It's like a person who's expressing pain because they're injured, and in their expression of pain, they injure others. In the case of the narcissist and cluster personality, this is debatable, okay? But they do it intentionally. Some people, again, will debate this. Let's move forward. Due to the predatory nature and extreme loyalty to his or her false self-image, the narcissist is driven to obtain narcissistic supply like an addict with the worst fiend for a fix ever. One may begin to feel as if he or she has become addicted to the narcissist and or dysfunctional relationship with him or her. It is as if the addiction of the narcissist is contagious. Okay, and it usually seems to be. A lot of people have reported, and they continue to report, that being in a dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist is like being hooked on drugs or being addicted, okay, or being an addict. All you have to do is look this up. Many people have testified to this. You know, it's almost like everyone who becomes especially romantically involved with a narcissist, it's like they become addicted when they have no history of being an addict. <laughs> okay, it's, it's kind of interesting how that happens. But due to the predatory nature and extreme loyalty that the narcissist has for his or her false self-image, yeah, they do tend to be driven to obtain narcissistic supply by any means necessary. So beware. Okay, let's go over some common challenges due to relationships with narcissists. In other words, these are some of the clues that the toxicity that the narcissist brings can be quite lethal and very damaging. Financial issues is one clue. Another clue, mental health issues. Next, emotional stress. Obsession and addiction to relationship with narcissists. Obsessive compulsive or cluster C personality. Identity crisis, which can consist of enmeshment, low self-esteem, and low confidence, or lack of confidence. Cyclical thought patterns on painful memories of narcissists. It's like having these memories that keep popping up over and over again, like in a cycle. It's like these bad memories, painful memories, you just can't seem to get out of your head. You can't seem to forget. And they seem to come out of nowhere mismanagement and or misplacement of anger. So these are common challenges that a lot of people go through while they're in a relationship with a narcissist. And sometimes even after the relationship is over, like say if you go no contact, it could be two or three years later and you're having these experiences. Let's move forward. Tool number one, increase your knowledge on narcissistic abuse 
and the signs to watch out for should a narcissist attempt to obtain narcissistic supply from you. Tool number two, discontinue to mouse around the narcissist as if you are apologizing for existing. However, use discretion. Do not belittle your experiences about narcissistic abuse. Third and final tool, practice self-preservation in order to give yourself permission to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. We really want to pay attention to this because being in a relationship with a narcissist is not your typical dysfunctional relationship. One of the reasons for that is because you're in a relationship with a person who has a personality disorder that is extremely fixed. Okay, that's one thing because some of us, we have had dysfunctional relationships, but the person didn't have a cluster B personality or a personality disorder that is of that caliber. It is very extremely fixed. Okay, and I've heard it stated that this is one of the, uh, this is one of the most complex personality disorders there is. Okay, and I'm, I'm just I'm just repeating what I heard here. Um, so when you're in a dysfunctional relationship with a person who has a personality disorder of that caliber, such as the cluster B, then it's not your typical dysfunctional relationship. And then another reason is because the cluster B personality is chronically impaired in two areas of relating to other people, and that is intimacy and interpersonal relationships. So they're chronically dysfunctional in those areas. Another thing that you might want to watch out for is that even when you are gaining momentum or getting your mojo back around the narcissist, just beware that he or she may increase their diabolical tactics for source supply, such as hoovering you back in, okay? They, they may recruit flying monkeys and enablers to emotionally bully you back into a dysfunctional relationship with him or her so you can narcissistically supply him or her once again. So you want to be careful or beware of that as you gain your mojo back, okay? Because they may resist. This does not mean you have to continue to mouse around him or her but just use some discretion. And by all means, never ever belittle your experiences about narcissistic abuse. These are the references and resources. Please check out the references and resources in the description box below. I'm Luminous Star. I wanna go ahead and thank everybody for joining me today or tonight. And of course, wherever you may be right now, I wish you the very best love possible. Stay tuned for more videos and stay tuned for more vlogs.